0: Hello and welcome to the Your Gym Big Sister podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you happen to be listening from. So today's episode I have a very special guest with me. This is actually go number two Um, she did come on a couple of months ago but Riverside decided...
1: We've already done
0: this podcast. Yeah, it up. I know Riverside did me dirty and didn't record a single bit of her side. So, we're here, we're back again, and it is of course the wonderful Georgie Cooper. If you have ever heard me on a podcast talking about my own journey in bodybuilding, you've probably heard me mention Georgie because she was oh. a massive inspiration for me getting into it way back in 2020. And I'm just so excited to chat to her a bit about bodybuilding, retiring from bodybuilding, business life, and, you know, everything else. So, Georgie, thank you so much for coming back.
1: Thank you for having me and thank you for the wonderful introduction. (laughs) I didn't say this guys, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, you
0: know, definitely you were, uh, yeah, a big big boost for me getting into it. It was uh, really cool to kind of follow you way back.
1: Can we just appreciate how sick you look now? Oh, stop. Wellness was, you were made for wellness, mate. I'm excited for you.
0: Oh, stop, don't. You're going to make me blush. I remember the first time you ever messaged me and you were like, you look sick. And I was like, ah so so funny I was like as if um it's mental and like yeah it's uh it's really come full circle but yeah no I think today I'm just really looking forward to um just diving into things you know how you got into coaching, bodybuilding. Obviously, I think, yes, you know, you're a sick athlete, but you're also an incredible businesswoman and an incredible coach. You've got such an empire now. So I'm kind of excited to delve into that. So why don't you just kind of give the listeners a little bit of a background into you, like what got you, first of all, into like even just training, the gym, fitness in general, into coaching, and then maybe just a little bit about what got you into bodybuilding if people don't know.
1: So I started going to the gym when I was back at uni so I did the school uni thing and I was studying business and events management at uni um, and do you know what that's when my mental health started to take a bit of a turn for the worst and it was actually my ex-boyfriend my childhood sweetheart that started going to the gym he was like you should come with so I like came with him and like would do downstairs like on the mat with the dumbbell you know the vibe Um, And then I started like really falling in love with training and I would just push myself to go into the weights area. And at the time, I wasn't happy with uni. I wasn't in a good space at all. Uh, And that's when I actually decided to um, quit uni. So I I dropped out after my first year. And at that point, I was like very reliant on my childhood sweetheart. Like we literally grew up together and uh, he was going up north to uni and um, I just followed him. And I was just working in a cafe like as a barista part-time wage on a full-time job that kind of thing and I started training at a gym there and it's actually one of the PTs that came over to me and he said G well he didn't call me G because no one called me G at that point but he called me Georgie and he was like you should get you should become a PT because you'd be sick right so I was like okay so I started doing my PT course on the weekend I am that person that completed it in like eight weeks everybody hates but you Mm. know uh, did that (laughs) and then at that point I was back living in Cornwall like that's where I'm originally from so I said, oh, I'm going to start my PT career um, down in Cornwall. I was doing a little bit of online coaching because I'd already started sharing my like journey on Instagram at that point. So I actually started online coaching alongside PT at the same time, um, but the PT wasn't really working out because there's nothing in Cornwall. There's no one in Cornwall. Um, and I was doing boot camps and I was like paying for the equipment, paying for the actual venue. And then like no one was turning up. So I was just losing money every week. And that's when I decided to move to a new city. Start again as such. um, And that's when I started working my way through commercial gyms. It got to a point where the online space was so busy that I was thinking, right, I can make more money in an hour sitting and doing online than I can in a gym. So that's when I had to make the decision to go fully online, which was probably about two years before COVID. Um, and then, yeah, it's just been an absolute whirlwind since then, like obviously CBG is CBG, um, forever grateful, like it, it, you know, the community vibe is kind of what we're about at, at Coach by Georgie. So, yeah, like obviously serving quite a lot of clients now, we've done multiple challenges, we've got a membership site, I have a coach, um, and then I also do business consultations now as well. So like helping other women who are in my situation that are trying to build a business, uh, build a business amazing and yeah you seem to be very like business minded and I'm always
0: really curious is that something that you kind of sh- showed when you were growing up you know like some people like even when they're like kids they just seem to be like little entrepreneurs or you know was that always in you or like where do you think that comes from I'm you just always curious about the that. funny
1: thing is that when I was younger when I was going through like is it like GCSEs? You know, when you yeah. choose what you want to do, my mom forced me to do business. She was like, You have to do business. And I was like, Fuck you, mate. I want to do drama. I want to do art. I wanted to do all that poncy stuff. Right. And she made me do business and I actually did pretty well at it. Right. And then that's when I went on into business at BTech. Yes. So was that person. Yeah. And then I went into uh, uni and I wanted to be a wedding planner. So I think I always knew that I wanted to work for myself. Right. It was just knowing what the right career in terms of industry was. But I would say that I'm not that academically smart. Like, if you ask me what two plus seven is, I would probably take about five years to tell you what the answer is. But I feel like I'm quite business smart. Like, I've always had that kind of business savvy. I actually remember when I was younger, I was like making, um, like, like it was when before washer dryers were a thing. Right? I invented the washer dryer, and I was going to go on Dragon's Den with it. Basically. Okay, you heard it here but first. I've always had like that business <laughs> spark about me. To be fair, so yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that is that that is interesting. I think that um, it's definitely a tough like quality to develop. I think like pe- people either have that or they don't. Um, but yeah, you seem to always just be like ahead of the game. You know, like there's obviously there's a million and one fucking online coaches out there, but yeah, you definitely yeah. are able to set yourself apart in that way. And like you said, I think it's the community aspect, which is really, really admirable about what you've built with CBG. So it's really cool to kind of see even how that's come on, because I, I like I remember following you back when it was literally just one-to-one coaching, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, probably
1: you... challenges or anything. Like yeah, yeah, COVID yeah. Really, COVID was a big point, a turn, a big turning point for the business. Um yeah. we literally like blew up at that point. We had so many people waiting on waiting lists. So yeah. that's when the business like expanded and I was like, right. I could only serve X amount of clients, like, and trust me, I tried to serve more and it just wasn't happening. Um, So that's when I was like, right, I need to think about this as more of like a brand rather than just like a coaching business. So that's when we kind of went down the route of like ambassadors and products and uh, memberships and challenges and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. And what's uh what would you say has been like some of the one of the biggest lessons you've learned? You know, for example, I know now you've kind of you got um Lizzie on board, you've always kind of had Ali there. Like, what's it been like sort of hiring other people and just having that? Cause that's something even I've been talking to my own mentor about. And I'm
1: like, that sounds so
0: scary, <laughs> like yeah, having other people. I'm like, I'm a control freak. <laughs>
1: I should have took on another coach about two years ago right realistically that's when I should have made that move if I look at this in like a non-emotional like standpoint but I was so anxious about it I was so worried about it and I would always say oh it's coached by Georgie like no one's going to want to be coached by anyone else they just go elsewhere Uh, and that was kind of the, the guard that I put up with it but I think it was just like I always have this thing and I'm pretty sure a lot of online coaches will be able to relate to this, like online coaches that are doing well, you feel like you're like, when like, When does this, like, when does someone come out of a, a room and say, oh, by the way, I'm joking, like none of this is yours. When's the bubble going to burst? I have it yeah, like, every fucking we, day. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? And like, you live on this anxiety that your whole, like the yeah. thing that you spent so many years building and like the hard graft because really like there is no one that will build a business like there's no one that will build your business like you will. Yeah. So like once you put in hours and hours and years and years of work, it's like the anxiety that you're going to lose that, like you're going to lose your baby. So I think that was what was stopping me from um hiring a coach is that I think I was just so anxious to give over like responsibility. Um, and like our employment process with that was long. Um, it was like a long, long process. But it is nice to have other people in the business. Obviously, our is like one of my closest friends. So she knows me inside out. Like she she knows what I want sometimes more than I do. So I've definitely got a good team around me. It's it's a scary thing. You hear a lot of horror stories about other people yeah. getting coaches and things going wrong. Um, But sometimes you have to take risks in business. And that's what I've realized as well. Like I've taken risks in business. Some haven't gone to plan. Some have. So, you know, you're always going to have lows as well as highs in, with any business yeah yeah
0: of course of course well no that is definitely it's, it's nice to hear someone who's been so successful say that about the the anxiety
1: thing because like it, it never goes by the way it, never, oh, great. it might do but I'm waiting for that day do you know I'm what, if- though? Like that keeps you going. Like I think yes. like that's that's what like that's
0: what I used to kind of think was like, oh, I have all this self-doubt and it's a really bad thing. But actually, I'm trying to look at it as a positive because it's like if I just thought everything was great, then I would stop working and then
1: then then, yeah. then it would definitely fail, you know. So I think you kind of have to be like, OK, I need to stay on top of this. So, yeah, yeah you just it, you can get comfortable quite easy if you don't have that. But like, I know people sag off like imposter syndrome, but if you don't have it in some respects, I think. It can you're be sitting. So you, you put your foot, you take your foot yeah. off the gas, and then yeah. like, what are you doing? So, yeah, I'm still yeah. waiting for that person to jump out and be like, surprise, you're going back from <laughs> working at a cafe, but you know, it hasn't happened quite
0: yet. <laughs> you know, we won't we won't be falling back into the backup plan yet, but um, that is good to hear. So, moving into, I suppose the the bodybuilding side of things. So, what sort of got you into that? You know, I think for a lot of people a lot of girls, especially they love the gym, they love their training. And sometimes there is almost that kind of thing of like, Oh, well, why wouldn't I compete? You know, sometimes it can seem like natural progression. And it's something I'm constantly trying to say to people is like, it's not, (laughs) you know, like, I love competing, you've obviously done it really, really well. But like, I think you'd probably be the same as me. It's like, it's not for everybody. And not there's probably plenty of people who do it who shouldn't be. So what was kind of the turning point for you? And like, okay, you know what, maybe I'm going to give this a go and like this is the right decision for me you know at this point in my life
1: so it's funny that you say that because I do think you're very right like we now live in like I'm gonna sound old when I say this. We now live in like an era where <laughs> everything competes because of social media. Like I know a lot of people who have competed that should never have competed. But the reason is the reason for that is that they've been exposed to it. And I actually hate the fact that I help expose people that shouldn't be exposed to bodybuilding, be exposed to bodybuilding, right? And we'll get on to this, but it's one of the reasons on why I decided to quit. Um, but for me, like I, mean, I had no, I had no idea about bodybuilding. I didn't even know who Ronnie Coleman was until I competed for the first time. <laughs> like that's legit at, right so when I moved to this new town when I was PCing, um I remember I went up to the studio one day and there was this girl in there and she was Hench man, I was thinking, who is this chick? And um, she's one of my like closest friends now. Her name's KP, and basically she was competing in like toned and athletic figure at this point. Um, and I would go to a few of her shows. Like we had a friend group who all, who all competed, so I was just kind of surrounded by people that did bodybuild. And I'd go to a lot of shows, but I'd always say, look, it's not for me. Like I can't stick to a diet to save my life. Honestly, I'd go about two days and I'd cheat on my diet, right? And then I don't know. I was just watching the PCA whole finals. I think it was like two. 2018 and I was like do you know what I'm just gonna do it so I just messaged a coach hired a coach and then yeah the rest is history I don't quite know how I managed to stick to it for that long but, but apparently <laughs> when you're in that mind space I think it was that thing of like I always have this sometimes I have it with business and it's like okay well you feel like you're going to fail so like just prove yourself wrong that you're not going to fail I think I had that same mindset with bodybuilding it was like you think you're going to fail at this so just prove yourself wrong and don't fail and plus having eyes on you on social media does help I don't care what anyone else says oh yeah sometimes I'm like I better do this because if I don't everyone on social media is going to think I'm fat
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I honestly, like, I can't imagine the pressure of prepping with like that sort of a following. Like I see people now who are say like TikTokers, or they've got like hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram doing their first show. And like, they have everybody telling them you're going to win, you're going to win, you're going to win your pro card. And I'm looking at them I'm like, you have they're no really idea. No, they're not even good at place in their regional. And like, that's <laughs> not shading on the people. It's the people who are watching them who don't yeah, understand the sport,
1: you this know? Was it's was a massive thing for me. Like when I was doing my first show, um, I posted everything on on YouTube right I've documented my whole uh, prep on YouTube and that is what was happening people were commenting don't get me wrong I, I appreciate it's coming from a good place but people who have no fucking idea about bodybuilding right and I was so aware that the people commenting didn't really know that much about bodybuilding but it's so it was so hard I remember going to my coach one day and it was funny because it was actually another coach like another bodybuilding coach that had commented this on my post and he would put something about winning the sword and I literally just fucking my head went honestly I was like damn. I can't do this like I can't have people commenting on my thing and he was like well you're gonna have to because obviously that's your like that's part of your job you know you can't just go like what is it that people do go dark whatever yeah yeah
0: no but it's true Um, if you're a coach you can't but yeah there was a
1: huge amount of pressure for me in that first show I would say that that's probably the most amount of pressure I've ever felt in a show was in my first show um so yeah luckily that that one went all right do you know what I mean
0: yeah I'm surprised you say that it was that it wasn't like the the
1: pro debut because I feel like I remember I was like watching I was waiting for that and I was like "Ooh, how's this gonna go pro debut. that was bad towards the end because I had yeah. people close to me telling me I was gonna win so like I let people close to me get in my head in, in that show yeah. um but I would say that social media side of things in that show just didn't get in my head as much which was good
0: yeah, that's good. I suppose that's probably just from learning from the yeah. first time around, yeah. just being like, I can't, I can't listen to this, but um, now it is, it is interesting to hear that. So I suppose that kind of brings me onto the topic that I really wanted to talk to you about, especially, and that is discipline, because like you sort of said before getting into competing, couldn't stick to a diet for more than two days, like found it so, so hard. And when you look at bodybuilding, it's literally the epitome of discipline like that's what it is it's every single day showing up doing it even when you feel like shit even when you're literally like I cannot move a finger and you just have to do it anyway so I'd love to kind of know like what like if you could you pinpoint like the minute that you were able to kind of switch that in your mindset or like how did you go about actually building the discipline to get you to this place where you win your first show you win an overall you win a pro card like you're doing your pro debut you win the world's the universe whatever like it's you know to, to to see that Georgie if she if the Georgie three years ago could see her she would be like what the actual fuck how did you do yeah, that
1: Honestly, even you now know? I look like and think what the actual fuck was that where I think that- everybody
0: thinks that where when they, that come from? Where they're from done prep I think that too I'm like that was a blur it is crazy when you're in
1: it you just it's just like blinkers on nothing else matters (laughs) a lot of questions about discipline and like I was actually doing a webinar for someone's clients like a couple of days ago and the whole subject was on discipline and like for a minute I was kind of like I don't even know if I can talk that much about discipline because like there isn't like a like there isn't like a day I woke up and I felt like suddenly I was disciplined I think it was just the like I said I think it was that thing of like I've always wanted to be able to achieve something like that like and obviously I've gone through that like year and a half of being like nah I can't do it I can't do it x y and z reasons I think it was just that inner thing of like well actually prove yourself wrong that you can do that and then that was all my first prep was ever meant to be like I actually had my first ever ever prep cancelled because of covid so I got like five weeks out and then it got cancelled so I think but that was like a thing of like, OK, well, you have to do that again. Right. That has yeah. to be done again. But my goal was only ever really to compete once. Like I had no future plans. I had no goal of being like a like an IFBB pro or anything like that. And then I think once it had happened, like it just kind of got a bit out of control. It was like, well, obviously yeah. you're going to carry on. Right. Obviously, yeah. you're going to keep doing it. You're going to go into an off season You're going to do your pro debut. So I love it. Don't get me wrong. But in going back to the question about discipline, like I think it's one of those things it's like, discipline comes from like taking action so for me like right I'm gonna do a prep like I'm gonna start prepping and I'm gonna document it online and then it's kind of that thing of like self-belief like you start doing it and then you're like oh shit I'm actually doing this so like once I'd started following the diet for a few weeks and I was seeing the changes and I was getting like every check-in I was like this is the leanest I've ever been in my life that was then like the evidence that I needed to just keep working on the discipline so I think it's that thing about like, I think most people. Will find discipline from being able to prove themselves that they can do something. So once they've got that proof that they can do something then the discipline is much easier to enforce but it's just that first initial step for a lot of people and the reason why a lot of people can't get discipline in the first place is because they're setting themselves up for failure so like if you're trying to follow like a stupid diet or do something crazy like you're never going to find discipline but if you just take the long route and say right the more I do this the more belief I'm going to have in myself and the more evidence I'm going to have that I can achieve then the discipline just becomes easier to do after that yeah
0: yeah I like that I think it's like it's building that story in your head of like i i can do this i think that's one of the, the most important things is like actually having that voice in your head say no you are you are able for this
1: yeah of course yeah. it's like i thing of like no one can do the work for you in a prep and it's very much like business like i thrive off the whole fact that in business like no one can work on your business as hard as you can and it's the same with prep like no one's working on that prep as hard as you are so if you turn up and you look shit or you turn up and no one buys from you like that's on you that's on, not on anyone else
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's, it is. And that's something I always think about is like, if you fuck up in a prep, like it's you, you're the only person that you're letting down. It's not like, you're not, you're not letting down your coach. You're not letting down anybody else. And like, there's so many moments where, yeah, there's so many moments where you could eat the cookie or, you know, do five minutes less cardio or like not go for that last rep. And the only person who's ever going to lose out there is you. Um, but yeah, I suppose when it comes to discipline, like how do you then go about, I suppose, translating that into teaching clients that, but obviously when we're kind of talking about teaching clients, like they're not, you know, you don't, you're a lifestyle coach. So, uh, I know like, I never expect my clients to be like me and I actually actively tell my clients don't be like me because I'm insane and you don't need to be as kind of, you know, intense as I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's sort of like, how do you teach them To to be disciplined still, because obviously that's something that a lot of people lack and that's the reason why they want your help in the first place, but without teaching them to to take it too far.
1: I think it's that thing of knowing how to push and pull a client, as in like knowing when to push a client into being a better person and when to be able to say to your client, you know what, don't worry about it. Like discipline isn't not built from days where you chill. On a building prep, it's different, right? There's no time to chill or not like fuck around. But in like a normal diet situation, like actually like you're going to have a much stronger discipline overall when you enjoy the process. So if enjoying the process for you means, you know, having a glass of wine on the weekend or going out for a takeaway on a Saturday, that's cool. You going out and doing that, as long as you're very mindful of what you're doing. Okay, I'm having a night off. I'm not tracking my calories today. As long as you're mindful about that, then the structure of building discipline alongside that is never going to, worsen if anything it's going to allow you to enjoy the process more so it's that thing of like just knowing like it's so situation to situation dependent and like I guess this is what comes of like experience in the industry is like I know once I get to know a client I know how to push them I know how to pull them some people will need that right mate stop fucking up you know you can't not you have to stick to this plan now you know you've got this coming up and da some people actually don't get on with that you need to be a little bit more kinder and you know give them a little bit of like guidance okay well actually it's fine you know instead let's have one thing every day that we don't track you know and that will actually help them stay on track and then be disciplined in the other areas um so yeah it's it's kind of very person dependent but I think because I did lifestyle myself before I was a bodybuilder and now of course I've transitioned back into lifestyle it's only been about a three-year period where people have seen me do crazy shit yeah the rest of the time I've been pretty normal And um, that was something I tried to make sure that I stayed very on top of in the prep. Obviously, I was following a meal plan. I stuck to everything as a T. And again, we'll go into this, but there is a point where you kind of think like, well, um, if I go any further, I'm going to be crossing the line now. And my client's are going to be like, well, I can't really relate to her because she's not doing what I'm doing, right? Yes, it's motivational doing a prep. It's cool to see someone achieve that. And I'll always say like, me doing a prep, is like you following a normal diet because me following a prep is pushing me out my comfort zone. You following a normal diet is pushing you out your comfort zone. So take inspo from that, but just know that that level of discipline is just not needed for the average person. It's madness, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I, I was just about to ask there, like, how did you find that when you were prepping, like trying to tread that line of be an inspiration to your clients, but without letting them think that they had to be like you you know I think that that's something that I always found last year as well as like trying to kind of show what I'm doing but always trying to say this is extreme and you don't need to do this you know and sometimes I I felt like it was getting annoying but then I was like no but there's still people but there's still people who are watching who don't realize you know and they'll be like oh I want to do that I want to look like you and you're like no you don't.
1: (laughs) The business was transitioning into more of a brand at this point and like that was a that was like a purposeful move for me like I wanted to be more of a brand rather than just me while I was going through bodybuilding because like we had other things like the membership site and like the community inside like things like that and yeah I think there is a thing of like where do you draw the line like for me like I was when I did my off season in between my amateur and my pro and I was following a meal plan I thought I can't do this again that was when I'd kind of decided that I wasn't going to prep after my next like show, a lot of shows, because I was like, I am not showing balance here whatsoever. Right. And that like, I love bodybuilding. It's sick. I've enjoyed it. It's been cool. But the image that that presents onto my business, that is something I need to be so protective of. Right. So I was like in that off season, I'd already decided I was never going to prep again after the next show.
0: Okay. That's interesting to hear.
1: That must have <laughs> be- made I don't think I've ever said that anywhere but yeah that was when I decided
0: yeah that must have made the prep almost like did it kind of give it more meaning even just like make it a little bit more special because you're like this is the last time I'm gonna do it or were you like I can't not wait to never have to be on this well I was about to say never be on the stairmaster again, but I know you've been back on it um but (laughs) never have to be that you know like this like it made
1: it really sentimental you know and like See, it wasn't like set in stone that I would never do it again because I was just going to see how I felt and like yes you can do an off-season with balance I'm not saying that you can't do that um but I just knew that like long like I never like I said earlier I never got into bodybuilding to become a piece like a IFBB pro right that like, was never the goal so it was like okay well I do enjoy bodybuilding and it's fun and you meet cool people and I love like I love bodybuilding obviously no one gets that lean for the hell of it right but <laughs> um I just knew that business was business and it just it means more to me and it's just weighing that up on the scales which means more Mm, business means more for me
0: yeah that's and that's really refreshing to hear because I think like there is definitely that attitude in bodybuilding of like it must be your everything and if it's not your everything then why the fuck are you doing it um Mm. and it's nice to hear someone kind of say like no like my my business my career is actually like way more important to me, you know, Um, and like the fact that even with you having that attitude, you still were such a fucking fantastic bodybuilder like it really does just like say a lot so that is really cool but um, you actually brought up the word balance there and of course that's something that I do want to talk talk to you about because that is that word is definitely thrown around you know people mm. always talk about how, how balanced can I be and you know it's like I'm just trying to live with balance and I think sometimes when people take that word what they really mean is they're just maybe being a bit of a dickhead with food and stuff um and you know they're in the position that they're in because they're maybe being too balanced and sometimes there's a case for not being balanced to actually get your results and obviously again bodybuilding is a case of that but how did you find your approach even just to fitness you know health nutrition has gone say changing from lifestyle Georgie a few years ago down into competing and then back out again you know how has your kind of level of balance changed throughout those different phases
1: I would say like with bodybuilding, like once you've done a prep and once you've done that bodybuilding thing, your relationship with food and the way that you look at training and look at nutrition will never, ever be the same. So before I was a bodybuilder, doing quotation marks there, before I was a bodybuilder, uh, my diet wasn't great, I won't lie, like it was not that balanced. Like I look back at it and I was probably saying that it was balanced, but I look at it now and I think, wow, you must have felt like shit every day a lot of chocolate a lot of sweets not much vegetables that kind of thing um then i grew up <laughs> got to the age of like 24 and i grew up a little bit obviously going in for a bodybuilding prep on a meal plan that puts you in the position where you always eat fruit and veg and you're very healthy the obviously not at the end of prep because that's different but the level of fitness and the level of energy that you have when you eat that well is unbelievable and it really really shows you that actually what you are you are what you eat and i say this to my clients all the time like depending on how highly nutritional your diet is will depend on how high your energy and your day-to-day mood is if you want to take a percentage of that energy and mood and performance down to have you know chocolate or cake or biscuits or wine or whatever please do because it's important that you enjoy it right not many people want to eat egg whites and vegetables all day green Enough white there. the, the,
0: the okay. egg white pancake
1: <laughs> egg white pancakes as well um <laughs> But then, also, please understand that like that sort of food is going to help you day to day. It's going to help your relationships. It's going to help your friendships. It's going to help your career. It's going to help your training. Um, so now, transitioning away from bodybuilding, like my diet is good. Like I don't eat that much shit now, um, which is something that when I was younger I used to do a lot. When I was PTing and stuff, like any PTs out there listening, like you just eat a diet of shit basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my diet now is very balanced. Um, I would say it's probably the the best and the most balanced it's ever been um without sort of hiding behind that word yeah
0: and have you moved back to your you're tracking again are you or do you just yeah. track intermittently when you kind of want to so, or is it sort of intuitive? I tracked
1: initially like when I came out of post show I tracked and like I had this like mega mega pressure on myself when I came out of this show not to get fat because I knew I wasn't going to be competing again right and I was like right I can't get fat and go into an off season because I'm not going into an off season yeah so I was super, super strong willed throughout that reverse phase. And I put the weight back on nice and slowly, which is what I wanted to do. Everyone yeah. has their own opinion. That's what I wanted to do. And for that, I actually did track um my calories quite closely it got to around Christmas time maybe like January February I then started just intuitively eating obviously I do this as a job I know exactly what's in food I can look at a plate of food and tell you the macros which is actually not a good thing it gets in your head a lot right you can't go out and enjoy it you're sat there and you're thinking right that's 200 calories that's 70 it's the worst thing ever once you've learned there's different. Yeah, it's a great tool to have, but sometimes you just wish you could take that information out of your brain and just fuck it off. Yeah, um, But I have started a photo shoot prep a couple of weeks ago, um, so now I am tracking calories again.
0: Okay, okay. And with the photo Isn't shoot I? prep, is the goal, like, you know, your typical oh, stagely so, <laughs> yeah she's gonna have lines in her eyes um, <laughs> you'll see me on a
1: you'll see me on a stage next week um no. first she's coming out of retirement <laughs> <laughs> the goal is um just to show like a in-shape physique yeah. um I've actually been actively trying to lose muscle over the last half a year okay. um just because I don't want to walk around with as much muscle mass as I needed for those pro shows yeah um, on the upper more than anything like I'm quite happy with shoulders and stuff but like my back like it's just yeah. not practical man I can't shop to save my fucking life right now yeah. I just want to be a little bit more petite in the frame. So I've been actively trying to lose muscle, right? So it's not going to be like a photo shoot to like show off muscle particularly or anything like that. I just want to show my lifestyle clients what you could actually achieve. Like I'm not taking it as far as I could take it because I know that if I wanted to, I could get back into that condition, right? And it's a yeah. bit addictive kind of thinking yeah. now like a couple of weeks in, oh, imagine if we just got really lean, but yeah. that's not the goal. The goal is just to show my uh, my clients what you could do in a space of 12 weeks, right? I'm still yeah. going out for meals, man. I'm going out for a meal Saturday. I went out for a meal on Sunday. Fucking so, yeah. you know, hard, I kissed with dessert the other day. Like, I literally yeah. am still being that balanced person, but I'm still going to be showing how you can get in shape.
0: Yeah. And do you find it like easier to relate to your clients now? Like, when you were, you know, when you were on prep, were there ever moments where you would kind of be like, you know, say someone was being a bit more balanced and in your head you're thinking, what the fuck are you doing? Because I think sometimes, because honestly, Mate, you like, know the
1: feels. Because when I was <laughs> on prep, I
0: found it so much hard. Like sometimes I'd be like, what do you mean you didn't stick to your calories? I would never say that to people, but you no, know, no, people would be like, I'm hungry.
1: Yeah, people would say, I'm hungry. And you're just sitting there like, you have my clients <laughs> used to at me and say, I'm so sorry to say this because I know you're absolutely <laughs> starving, but I'm hungry. That's- yeah uh you know the feels on that maybe in my first prep I learned a lot of lessons in my first prep like in terms of how to talk to people like in general um not to be like a moody dick um but yeah I definitely did get that but it's just one of them in it like now I feel like I'm just like do you know what girls go have six glasses of wine see if I can (laughs) yeah yeah oh I'm sure yeah your clients are probably like god she's so much nicer now (laughs) she's I remember when I come out my show people my clients are cute man I love them and to be fair they've done well to stick by me while I was in that prep but they're like oh just so you know like you just sound so much happier now like you don't sound like you're dying
0: I got that as well like not even yeah it was that it was like oh my god you you just have so much more energy
1: it would take me about a few times the amount of time to do check-ins because I would literally sit there staring at the screen for like 10 minutes like hype yourself up to do this check-in yes so tired and like my my energy would be so low and I'd literally be walking around like a dead person then I'd be like good morning lovely and it's just like it's just not at that point it's genuinely just like acting Yeah,
0: no, I was the exact same. There was a few times where I'd be like recording a check-in and I'd like go to stop the loom and by accident wouldn't actually stop it. And you would see my face, you would see my face go from like smiling happy to just dead. And I'd be like, shit. And like, I was like, I'm too, I'm not re-recording it. So you're just going to have to see like the last two seconds where my face just drops. But it was so funny. But yeah, I had a few clients like a month after prep being like, you have so much more energy. And I was
1: like, Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually legit energy. I suppose anybody's prepping probably has that in their job. I can imagine if you're like doing any job, you're probably exactly the same. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's so funny. Like in prep, you're not only are you doing all that work, you're also like your whole life is just an acting, like just acting that you're okay. Yeah, I'm fine, I'm good. How are you?
0: Yeah. Oh true. And I suppose like that kind of touches on um something I always think about. Like, like you like you kind of said there, once you've done the prep, like How you look at food, training, everything, it is very different, you know, even just how you look at yourself and your body and stuff. Like, I think sometimes you almost have to earn the right to be as balanced as you are. Like your version of balance now, it only exists because you've been, you know, so extreme
1: food yeah. yeah
0: and so I wonder like is there any are, are there any habits that you've actually taken say from prep and from bodybuilding that you're still using you know are there maybe elements of like the bodybuilding lifestyle so to speak that maybe you find a bit harder to let go over that you still you know that are still there do you still do you still use a baby spoon
1: hey I still use a baby spoon I love this I, I love haven't it. used a baby spoon in a, in a week or two actually saying that but is um... it the, little, the little plastic pink ones <laughs> it's just its just not a way to progress in life i'm 27 years old now only on 26 i should not be eating with a baby spoon someone's gonna look at that and go like that is not life material that why are you eating with a baby spoon <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah i would say i'm getting out of the like six meals a day thing that was a bit right. tough to begin with um but now i do actually tend to have like breakfast lunch and dinner and then i just call it like snacks on the outside wow. it's weird right That's mad. <laughs> um i would just say like I do eat similar meals. I still eat like chicken and potatoes. I still have oats, still have cream of rice. Um, but because those foods I actually enjoy and I know that they serve me well with training. Um, but yeah, it's so much more balanced now. Like if I don't have a meal for five hours, I'm not stressing out like I used to. Yeah. But if I have something and it hasn't got protein in it, I think, oh, it hasn't got protein in it. I'm not like having a panic attack like I used to. yeah Um, so that's That's
0: good. I love that. I love that. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's it is really interesting to kind of hear. How that has progressed for you since since retiring. So I suppose that kind of brings me onto onto retirement and you know retiring from bodybuilding. So like you mentioned, obviously, you know you had kind of almost decided that before your final um show or before your final prep. So like you know how how was the process of you know moving away from bodybuilding? Like w- it, you know. I think for a lot of people, they have a lot of their identity, I suppose, wrapped up in, in competing. Like what, what were some of the biggest challenges that you would say you kind of faced since moving away?
1: I won't lie. It wasn't easy. It was not an easy process because I felt like bodybuilding was my, a large part of my life and it was part of my identity I'd got made a lot of friends through bodybuilding. I knew that a lot of my content was coming from bodybuilding, like sharing my prep and stuff. So like initially it was a really tough thing to do. Um, My reasons for doing it were like really strong. Obviously I had good reason to kind of finish it up there. And I guess because I left it on such a high, it was also really nice. Um, I think I just had to stay distracted in terms of trying to do other things. So I knew that when I retired from bodybuilding, I could put a bit more effort into business at the end of prep the business was purely just surviving like I was never working on it I was only working in it which yeah. is fine for a small period of time so I just kind of moved, moved my focus into like other things with business um seeing friends more like being a little bit more outgoing um the struggle was real though because I, I did honestly feel like I'd lost my identity I don't think I posted on the grid i was posted on stories but I don't think I posted on the grid for like six weeks or something because I just did not know what to post because I was like I just don't really know like who I am anymore like I just I don't like I used to just do bodybuilding and now I don't really um so yeah it was definitely difficult and like it's not an easy transition but with I always say this and like some people may take offense to this but I don't give a shit so basically I see bodybuilding as like this black hole like basically anyone can bodybuild right but there's like this little black hole right and like there's a few people that live down that black hole and their whole life is bodybuilding they live it they breathe it they talk about it they have nothing else other than bodybuilding not going to name any names because I'm not that person but you you know who I'm talking about there's a few out there, right Yeah. yeah yeah I could see myself getting closer and closer to that black hole every month right and I was like if I carry on I'm going to be that person that just lives and breathes bodybuilding nothing wrong with that some people love the black hole that's cool right I'll go down a black hole of I don't know galaxy ripples for example but I didn't (laughs) want to go down the black hole of being a bodybuilder like all in like because that was never the goal for me I never wanted to be like a full-blown bodybuilder so like I always say like I just needed to get out before I fell down that black hole. And like business was bodybuilding, life was bodybuilding, other half was bodybuilding, everything was bodybuilding. I just did not want to be in that position. Love the sport, appreciate it. it. was sick. It was fun. I'd never did it for any other reason than myself. But um, yeah, I just didn't want to black hole it basically. Yeah. And and did you find it
0: um harder? Cause this is definitely something that I think I would struggle with because I'm definitely quite a like all-in kind of 100% mm-hmm. person and like I think most people who are into bodybuilding are like that because sure,
1: you have, to have an element of that to do it I,
0: yeah because I actually think sometimes it's kind of easier to be like 100% than to be balanced so like did yeah. you find that transition hard like at first I know like now you're kind of in the space where you are so much more balanced and you're loving it but like at first was there sort of maybe fear of like oh like what what do I do like can I go and eat out and not track it and stuff like what did you kind of struggle with that because I know even when I reverse out of diets I have that feeling of like oh I can have that and then I'm like no you shouldn't you know it's, and it is
1: kind of um I think I was extra cautious about the whole not putting weight on too quickly yeah. thing um so I don't know I just I felt very consumed by food consume food consumed me all day long yeah and um, because I was trying to like hold back and not eat as yeah. much and da da Um, And obviously just trying to get my energy back up and things like that. So yeah, it it was a struggle. I won't lie, it was a struggle, but... It was one of those things where I was like, just look at this as another prep, like, look at this as another transition period, because you'll be so thankful when you come out the back end of that and you're, and you don't hate yourself. Like, I can happily say that there's not been one point in this whole, obviously, everyone has bad body image days, obviously, right? That's like, there's obviously been days where I've gone, oh, I'm still, I'm fat again, I'm fat again. But in general, I'm very, very happy with that transition out. And that was always the goal for me. So, very much like the competing thing, right? You say you're not going to, you say you can't do it. So just prove yourself that you can. Yeah. So, like, my, old post shows I wasn't great, right? I did eat like a bit of a dickhead, I won't lie. Whereas with that, I was like, right, prove to yourself that you can do that, that you can just reverse out of it and everything is fine and dandy. So um yeah, that's kind of what happened to be fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think um even what, what you said there in terms of like seeing your body change, I think that's probably something that a lot of people would struggle with because obviously you spent years trying to be bigger and leaner um, and more muscular. And I think that's one thing that like even I was considering when it came to you know going into wellness and like all that sort of side of things like I know for men especially say if they have been you know on gear and all that sort of stuff to move away from that and see themselves getting smaller yeah. would be really really hard but something I was even saying to like to Shane one day it was like I don't think it would bother me to go from being like really muscular to smaller in a few years like I think I'd actually want that and um, so how did you find that was it like did you have moments of like Oh, I miss my my delts or whatever, or have you actually just really enjoyed getting
1: being three weeks out, pumped to shit, right? I missed that so much. (laughs) Sick. In the gym, I looked so good, right? And like (laughs) that was for like five minutes, and then the rest of the time you feel like shit. I think I was like, like I said earlier, like I actually I didn't want to walk around day to day with that much muscle. Yeah. absolutely diced it's actually not too bad because you're such a small dense person that it doesn't matter because you've got no fat on you anyway
0: yeah but
1: if you've got a level of muscle mass especially on like upper and then you start putting on top of that you just feel big and I just don't want to feel that big anymore so like that's obviously why I decided to like downgrade um downgrade downsize but yeah you're right like obviously for a guy like being small like if they do if they use like anabolic steroids for a long period of time and then come away from it like that is an absolute head fuck for those guys I don't think it's as prominent with women Just because obviously there's not as many like drugs in women's bodybuilding And like they don't get as big And like women aren't meant to be big Yes yeah. of course you, are, you can do what you want But do you know what I mean Like the standard for women is not to be big and muscular Whereas yeah. a guy like, he's big and muscular And then he suddenly gets small Everyone's going oh my god did you see that guy He's like really small now yeah. Like people will say that Whereas yeah. with a woman like for me for example Well maybe some people chat shit But no one's going to go oh she's got small now Yeah yeah That's, that's... kind of the fucking goal to be honest with you <laughs>
0: yeah yeah no that's
1: that's what I think
0: um and it is it's refreshing to kind of hear somebody say like yeah I actually just I just want to be smaller because like even like you said there about the, the black hole like I really do think there is almost this like expectation when you're in bodybuilding that like more there's more, always more, more 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 yeah literally so and like rat
1: race, it's an yeah. absolute flat race and like I think a lot of women that get into it and really get into it and put some put some muscle on as in you know walk down the street and you know that they're not a normal looking woman right how many of those people actually want to do that and how many of those people have just been kind of pressured slash just gone down the black hole? And then they look up, they think, oh, fuck, I'm in the black hole that she was talking about. Yeah. Do you know what I, mean? I just I'd just love to know how many of those people genuinely like have that as an actual goal or whether they've just kind of that's kind of happened because they're good and their genetics are good and they love yeah. bodybuilding. And then before they know it, they're like, oh, shit, yeah, i may not taking this too far, to be fair.
0: Yeah. No, I like I remember I still remember when you kind of said like, oh, I actually just don't want to get bigger I don't want to go for an IFBB pro card and I was like what <laughs> like, not, not as in like it but it's just as in like a, I actually didn't know that was an option like
1: yeah is it just and that's what like, I want to do I want to make awareness that it is an option to leave bodybuilding yeah, you're yeah, tied yeah. onto it for life right
0: yeah that's yeah and that's what I was, I was I, I've been kind of thinking recently is like you know you can commit to just the next one and then that's it like yeah. you don't have to be like committed to 10 years down the line um but i do think like there's way less people talking about not doing it versus doing it you know and it's okay. almost this expectation it's like oh you did a show and you did well you must want your pro card and it's like
1: yeah like I... when, when are you, like on people, when are you getting on the ifbb stage? uh never yeah <laughs> um, but it's one of those it's like that all in body It's like that all in mindset that bodybuilders have like i probably just don't have as much of a mindset of that like because i've been able to pull myself away from it but um yeah I do I do get the struggles with that and I understand how people just carry on and carry on and carry on forever but yeah it's just one of those you just have to weigh up your options like for some people like all of the things that come with bodybuilding like the negatives they don't give a fuck like the positives outweigh them um but for me like longevity in the sport like I just I just didn't see myself in it for a long time anyway even when I started.
0: Yeah and if you could if you could look back and say your entire com- competing career is there anything that you would have maybe done differently? Like, would you have maybe started earlier and gotten out earlier? Or, you know, is there anything at all that you're like, oh, I, w- I wish I'd changed that? Obviously, COVID prep aside, because I'm sure you wish you hadn't Oh, had
1: yeah, tried- no, that was actually a good thing, because I yeah. like, anyway, mate, I would have been third call out in tone figure, I promise you. It would have been cool. <laughs> um, the only thing I regret, and I say this to anyone I speak to who's a first timer, do as many shows as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I did my first show, I had other shows lined up. I didn't end up doing them in the end because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Did the pro, did the PCA finals, got turned pro, and at that point there was I don't know what the rules were. It's all a bit weird, but basically I thought I couldn't compete anywhere else other than that one federation. So my my amount of shows that I did was so much lower than I wish it ever was. Like yeah. if I could go back, I would be doing all the federations in my first year.
0: Yeah. That's what I say. I don't know how people prep and do one show. Absolutely no I, idea. I, I don't, I, I. like, even last year when I was prepping and, like, with every show I did, people were like, you're still going? And I was like, yeah, I'm still going. If my body is going to let me keep going, I'm going to yeah, fucking keep going. So like,
1: shape, Jesus Christ, you might as well, but yeah. yeah my biggest regret is not doing more shows obviously I didn't know what was to come like, and yeah. I never expected to get a pro card in my first year like I'm obviously blessed for that don't get me wrong like, I'm not taking that away from it but um yeah I just regret not doing more amateur shows because once you become pro there's a lot less there's not much options To be fair. yeah it's definitely. like when people become IFBB pro like their career is kind of dead unless they're like an absolute genetic freak yeah, um, yeah because then what happens is okay well you're at the bottom of the pack now and you're you're killing yourself and you're getting like second call out getting like the 15th 16th like yeah it's hard man it's hard. it's it's a fucking crazy sport to be fair oh yeah
0: I I try not to think about it too much like I try not to think about what we're doing because it's like what the fuck anytime I do you ever get when you're speaking to normal people and you're like explaining what you're doing and as and like as you're speaking okay. you're like just stop just stop yeah.
1: because you just sound so ridiculous my favorite one is when I finish a show and people are like oh will you still go to the gym now <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes. Um. No, I, 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 fully, fully appreciate the sport, and it's never any hate on the sport. I'm not that person that's come out of bodybuilding and been like, bodybuilding ruined everything for me. Yeah. Like, I hate bodybuilding because obviously I know people do do that, but um, I love bodybuilding. I wouldn't change it for the world. I think it's an amazing sport. I think if you can give it a go, give it a go. Like, you're in the right headspace, but like, I, I bodybuilding was one of the best things I ever did. Right. But I just know where to draw the line. Like, that was just something that I just knew when I needed to draw the line.
0: Yeah. And would you have any advice for somebody who's maybe in this position of, I think I want to step away from it. I'm really worried about losing my identity. You know, like all I know is bodybuilding. Is there any advice or even something you would go back and tell yourself this time, say, you know, was it last year or whenever, like, what would you maybe say to yourself?
1: Like anyone that's in that headspace of thinking, "I need out of this, but I don't know how to do it because I'm scared of x, y and Z whether that's other people's opinions or your work or anything like I feel sorry for anyone who has a has a has a business of coaching competitors and wants out yeah. like because that's really difficult like I think this would have been ten times harder for me if I didn't run a lifestyle brand um if you live if you work a normal day to day job obviously it's the same thing, but anyone that's in competing for their work and want to leave bodybuilding like I've seen it before people will leave but they'll retire and then their whole business will just crash and burn because they own huge competitors and it's like okay well now you're fucked you have to you're having to go back to it even though you don't really want to and that's not where your heart's at so it's one of those where it's like you gotta go through shit sometimes to get out the other end like the options are right and I uh, this was for me I was at a bit of a crossroads options are stay comfortable right and start do another off season you know it like the back of your hand you know what's going to happen you can promote it you can talk about it and then you can do another show and it's all fine and dandy and then you know everyone watches it and it's great you get loads of endorphins but like how long does that go on till until you start trashing your body until you're 30 and you don't have a husband because you, all you care about is fucking bodybuilding right or you have a husband that's 30 it's a bodybuilder and probably a dick so that, that's <laughs> the point carry on doing it even though I know my heart isn't in it and that's not what I want long term or go through a little bit of pain and uncomfortableness to begin with but know that once you get through it it will get easier like yes I had a massive sense of identity loss yes I felt like I didn't have any purpose I felt shit a lot of the time like in that post-show phase because I just felt like I wasn't relevant anymore in bodybuilding um but like now I'm only like We now July so I'm like what seven to eight months post-show technically if you want to say that um and mate I've never felt better I won't lie I've never felt better um my life feels balanced again I feel like I have other things going on I can meet new people I can focus on business um so it's that thing of like if you're worried about that right now don't give don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks you've got to do this for you and like just like bodybuilding you're gonna have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable for a little bit but then it will be fine and all feelings pass and all feelings are temporary and you will be okay by the end of it yeah, yeah. fabulous I love Hello. that
0: you can write that down no yeah. I think well, it's, it's nice to hear that you're I mean you can tell I think even just looking at your social media that like you're you're thriving you know you're fucking yeah. off to Ibiza she's <laughs> out for dinner I'm so dollars. Yeah, so jealous just, I'm
1: like shed now apparently I just like that their-
0: yeah I feel uh, like that would be me if I retired from bodybuilding because like before I was into bodybuilding <laughs> that's what I was like no, I, all I did was go out go
1: raven, actually we need to, yes, go, we do. We need to um, just go to Ibiza <laughs> yeah if you ever want to go to Ibiza mate let me know because I'm always a Ibiza but yeah I've had some really crazy like really great experiences and I've made some amazing memories over the last few months and like nothing not one single one of those memories has come from bodybuilding yeah yeah no, I think I think that's nice it's nice to hear somebody
0: who definitely was very bodybuilding say like there is life outside of this, you know, because yeah. I think for a lot of people you think like, like even for me, if I'm being honest, like I can't, I can't really imagine my life without it. Like I'm sure I would be fine, but you know, like when you're when you are in it, it's a bit like, what would yeah. I do? What would I do day to day?
1: There was points where I never thought there'd be an end. Like, yeah. like when I was in that first prep and stuff, and in that off season initially, I was like, this is my life now. Like I'm a bodybuilder, and like yeah. I did think about the IFBB pro card, and I did think about crazy stuff like that. But you just get to this point sometimes where you just think, ah. Oh, like without sounding like a dick I probably don't love the sport as much as other people do like it just happens that I did well at it like I think I've just maybe got the genetics for it and obviously the hard work of course but like it wasn't my blood sweat and tears you know I was like this is bodybuilding and I know that there'll be an end to this at some point and that's cool
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's and and I think it's it's nice to hear you say that as well because you're right, like some people that's like that's like Shane, my boyfriend. He's he did it, but he's like, Meh, he he saw Jennifer Dory in the Dragons Lair, he didn't know who she was, he didn't know who she he didn't know who loads of bodybuilders were. I
1: don't even know who that is. Yeah, Um, Miss Miss Olympia. Yeah, well, there we go yeah honestly yeah. I'm just like that person that just probably doesn't live and breathe just it as much it, yeah but that's fine because like I live and breathe business right yeah. people will be people out there that are not that obsessed with business they don't work the hours that I work and like that's all my choice right and you know I'm six years into this business so I could definitely take a step back if I wanted to but I just don't want to because I freaking love it right and it's the same with bodybuilding there'll be people that could take a step back from bodybuilding but they don't want to because they love yeah. it and that's cool right you do you and like for me, like business is just way more important, and it always will be.
0: Yeah, fabulous. Well, I'm sure I'm sure all your clients will be happy to hear you say that. <laughs> yes, yeah, guys, thank
1: you, thank you yes. for putting up. I promise I'll look after you now.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, well, that kind of wraps up everything I wanted to talk to you about. I do just have a few yes. a few questions that I thought we could kind yes. of go over now. Obviously, with you know my sort of recent announcement about you know going into the world of the IFBB oh. it's obviously there's lots of questions about drugs because people are curious and i get it so you know there's there's a few so i suppose like you know the first one was kind of is it always required to use assistance if you want to compete at a good level um what what are your kind of thoughts on that um
1: one? no of course because there's natural bodybuilding right yeah. um natty bodybuilding scene as you know is sick and there's loads of federations Um, If I could do something differently, sorry, going back to that question earlier, I probably would have stayed natural in my first couple of preps. Um, I never did. Like when I started bodybuilding, I was surrounded by people using drugs, right? Even in my first prep, I was being pushed by people who weren't my coach to do drugs that I didn't like yeah. really low or like needed or anything like that never did them like my first prep was relatively drug-free um like there was fat burners and stuff like that yeah yeah but um yeah i think it's one of those where like i personally wish i did my first season that a. like i probably should have done that but i don't know yeah. why i did really it's just that in that time of period it wasn't an option really it was just whatever it takes bro right
0: yeah Silly. that's what i say to people i i say people do one do natural like because <laughs>
1: definitely do natural. right yeah. i should have done that really it's bad naughty of me don't don't <laughs>
0: Don't be um, like Georgie.
1: <laughs> whatever it is what it is, right? Um, do you need to do it? No, because some people are genetic freaks, to be fair. Yeah. Uh- a lot of natty freaks nowadays jesus christ it's like yeah. oh yeah she's on the overall at pcm and she's natty
0: meg fucking just freak
1: that, like these drugs aren't like the secret recipe right yeah. you still have to work hard you still have to diet hard you still have to train hard you don't yeah. just take this drug and then suddenly you look wham it just doesn't happen like that but unfortunately as you go up the ranks of bodybuilding especially in the figure division yeah. there will be talk of and there will be exposure to drugs and like it's not something that i love talking about because I run a lifestyle brand, and like that's not really what I want to do. Like I know that I'm very influential in terms of what I say; people will take for facts and real, or whatever. I said this to you off camera. Me and Dan spoke about the fat burner on YouTube, and three of my clients messaged me the same day asking me about it. Yeah. Do I need it? Where can I order it? Please, can you send me a link? I really want it. This is what I don't want. Okay, and this is another reason why I'm stepping away from bodybuilding because. The level of drugs that would be required for me to get on an IFBB stage is unbelievable, right? I have good genetics, but they're not that great, right? So I know that I'd have to start pushing um, a lot of injectable uh, uh, anabolic, sorry, I can't remember the names. (laughs) I have to... Jack's a lot of anabolics and stuff like that. I know what I would need to do to become IFBB pro. And like, that's not something that I want to advertise or talk about really, because I run a lifestyle brand. And like, I have a responsibility as a lifestyle coach to not start talking about X dosage and X MG of this and I'm running this and I'm running that. I just don't need to, right? Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and claim nasty, (laughs) because I'm not um well I am now I'm a little natty now but in my preps there was assistant assistance used for the end part right yeah do you need it to do well no does it help unfortunately hence why everybody uses it
0: yeah yeah and I think people are a bit naive about how many people are using it you know I I think think
1: everywhere (laughs) yeah
0: that's the thing I think like I like you know a few years ago I thought every all girls are natural girls don't use assistance and then I think I've come a bit full circle and then I realize most are and the way I always say to people is like if someone is natural you will know you know about like it's like vegans it's like vegans like there's no way you don't know someone's vegan it's the exact same like and I get it like I I was the same you know it's like because you do almost wear it as a badge of honor especially especially if you're competing yeah if you're competing in like the PCA against girls that you know are taking stuff
1: you're probably you gonna mean, mention
0: like, oh I'm, I'm not get
1: on for it by the way I yeah. am not na- I know everyone else here isn't
0: yeah um, yeah so that's why I yeah, say to people I'm like so- assume they are not natural unless they say they are um, yeah and-
1: also like it's so difficult because there is literally no line now between competitors and lifestyle people so it's yeah. like lifestyle people start taking in information that competitors are taking in yeah like I can imagine a lot of people listening to this podcast probably have never competed probably will never compete but we start talking about fat burners like oh let me have a bit of that yeah. like, I a cheat code right it's not a fucking cheat code like this yeah is why I don't speak about it much because I just I don't want to expose normal people you're cool for being normal by the way normal people to crazy people shit yeah. because it's dangerous and like if you carry on doing it for a long time and you expose yourself to that sort of thing for a long time you will change and you will become a little bit of a man right <laughs> <want> that, okay? <laughs> yeah yeah no definitely
0: I think um yeah you have to be so careful like that's why even when I was like mentioning it I was like like just know that you know
1: yeah this is like
0: the cherry on top of like years and years and years of work and like I think the only reason anybody should even consider it is if they actually want to compete at a very high level like even if you're like I just want to get on stage don't even consider it because like you know I think you need to know like are you actually going to enjoy it you know I think I see a lot of girls they take a lot of assistance for their first prep and then they never want to do another one and I'm like Uh, what was the point like what was the point of the potential side effects you know
1: it's um it's a dangerous drug and if you want to start dabbling in it you need to very very like or really ask yourself why you're doing it right it's one of those yeah um but yeah it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to talk about of course especially as a girl but um it's just that thing of like long-term health you know like i mean regardless of what drug it is it's either going to mess with your mess with the fact that you start looking like a man or it's going to fuck your heart you know it's not not good things to be taking on the daily right so Um, it's an extreme sport okay let's just say that and it, it requires extreme things yeah awesome. cool yeah
0: yeah yeah it definitely does I think even just like people being a bit more aware
1: don't be be looking at drugs no one needs to go no one needs to take drugs for ibiza you know be a bit different but before ibiza
0: no 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 no. oh my god do not mix do not mix clan and cocaine I cannot imagine anything worse (laughs) (laughs) I know that first-hand experience
1: don't you mate? you're just like yeah "Yeah, I just know that first-hand experience
0: (laughs) (laughs) she said nothing um no but anyway
1: yeah no but I,
0: I appreciate you kind of like being honest about it as well because like you said most people most people don't like talking about it and um I think and I feel helps. like
1: now that I am away from it and like obviously it's I'm important. not in the shape that the assistants helped me to achieve if I was walking around like that and then going by the way this is what I'm using people would be like oh sick I'm gonna get on jump get on jump on that yeah. I'm now nine not eight nine months post-show right it's not worth it. Like I can say like, do you know what I mean? It's not that I'm hiding it, but like I feel more open to talking about it now because um, I feel like people aren't going to go, oh, give me some of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, Because I'm walking around with the advert of that. Not that it was just that, but do you know what I mean? I just feel like now I can kind of, talk about it more without yeah. feeling like my clients are going to go on stuff fucking googling what yeah. I've talked about I just you, I, even now I would never talk about dosages or dr- certain drugs or anything like that because I just don't want people looking into it um yeah. because yeah unless you're if you know you know like if, if you're in yeah. bodybuilding like you would talk to your coach about x y and z you don't need to search the internet trying to yeah. find out how many micrograms of this and this you need to take I agree I agree completely
0: um so next question then someone asked well it's not really a question I hate when people just write a statement and I'm like that's not a question but anyway they said dealing with food obsession or fear of being constantly hungry and I know that you kind of mentioned that about when you were post-prep like almost being like nervous about eating more gaining too much weight so like is that something you've maybe struggled with before um I know with me food obsession, maybe a little bit, fear of being constantly hungry. I actually did used to have that when I was younger. And that was when I used to use, like, I would use all the sugar-free jellies, sauces, zero calorie shit, and it only made it worse. And I remember, I can't even remember who it was, but I heard them say something like, you know, if you're hungry, it probably means you're in a deficit and it probably means it's working. And that, that changed it. Like, I remember I heard that and I was like, oh my God, I don't need to fear this. It's actually the thing that not that I'm chasing it I don't want to be hungry all the time but like if I'm hungry it doesn't mean there's something wrong it means oh my body is probably breaking down its fat stores to give me energy
1: I meant to feel a lot of people are scared of being hungry um but exactly what you said is exactly what I would have said because that changed my mindset as well like okay you're hungry like that's a good thing that's not a bad thing. and no the world isn't going to end if you go if you go a little bit hungry right (laughs) Jesus Christ yeah sit with yeah. it sit with the uncomfortableness and then in terms of obsessing over food if you find that you're obsessing over food every minute of the day stop doing what you're doing because you're probably yeah. dieting and being a bit weird yeah. just go and get some help or just spend a bit of time in maintenance and it should sort you out
0: yeah that's what i i'm constantly as people i'm coaching and i'll say to them look we're, like we're not dieting because this is just not not the right goal for you at this time like it's people it's don't not
1: like to hear it, but you, you're no. doing it with your own goodwill you know
0: oh yeah definitely I think it can be hard as a coach because you know that they want they want the results but it's like I know that what you're doing right now isn't going to get you the result and it's only going to make it worse and worse and worse and worse so like actually stepping away from dieting will help <laughs> yeah 100%, 100%. Yeah. um so someone asked what are the things that motivate you to train or diet or work that little bit harder I think you've kind of covered that proving yourself yeah wrong.
1: it's just yeah it's that thing of proving yourself wrong yeah. it's that thing of okay well you said you can't do it so now you're gonna have to go ahead and do
0: it yeah and then I have a final question um someone said I'm new into weight training and I go to a gym that have advanced bodybuilders and lean girls who are on prep and I always wonder what do they think of me as a newbie do they judge because I'm lifting light I can guarantee you the only people they are looking at are themselves
1: literally you're so builders so very so obsessed at that point so vain um, actually I love seeing people in the gym that are new you know when you're someone that's obviously new I actually really like it it makes me smile um
0: yeah. because
1: I'm a PT right I used to well I'm still technically a PT now but um growing like like working with people who have never stepped foot in a gym before like you appreciate it some people may judge you right but there'll be dicks that judge you in life no matter what you do it doesn't matter whether yeah. you're lean not lean go gym don't go gym wear, have, wear red or wear purple like there'll be people that, that judge but um Nah, as as an advanced gym person, as I'd like to say, I suppose we are. I'm never looking at newbies and judging them. I'm thinking fair play, man. Strapping, because you've got a ride, by the way. You're about to hate your body. You're about to have the shittest relationship. You're about to go out and be (laughs) able to- Don't tell them. (laughs) Look, because next time you go for a meal, you'll be looking at the calories without even looking at the calories. Yeah, yeah. It's like, babe, I'd turn around right now and head out there. Go and get yourself a
0: King, <laughs> I know, I know, no, I, I think same. It's, it's great that this is our job. Um, <laughs> nah, I'm joking. I obviously love it, man. Yeah.
1: this is great. Just don't yeah. take it
0: too. Far. Yeah, one hundred percent. And yeah, I think like as, as, as you know, two, uh, one retired bodybuilder, one still bodybuilder, who have both been lean. I'm I, the only person I was ever looking at at that point was myself well, in the mirror same, I Are you at- You could have walked past me naked clashing symbols together I wouldn't have noticed I would not have seen you <laughs> I would have it's just been looking ab- at myself
1: I like know. do my abs look good today like that's it <laughs> I suppose when you're in that place where like the only good thing that ever comes from your whole day is the fact that you look good in the chair <laughs> so <laughs> you ain't wasting any time looking at anyone else no literally um well no
0: well yeah I agree so That kind of wraps it up, I guess. Thank you so much for coming and again having this chat. Again, it was really, really nice. I think this is really going to help a lot of people. Both people who are still just like getting into the whole fitness thing, maybe people who are deep in bodybuilding in the black hole. People are trying to get claw their (laughs) way out of the black hole.
1: hole. Please don't come for me. It's just yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So I suppose, is there any kind of final words you'd like to give, or if you want to plug yourself away? That sounds a bit
1: weird. Um, Herb, <laughs> we will just go over that. Uh, do you know what? I just appreciate you coming on. I must say, you're an amazing podcast host, my friend. Oh my god! Yeah, thank so you. Good. You just it just flows so nicely. It's such an easy conversation to have. So thank you. Oh, um, well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say other than I hope you guys found this useful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your favorite OG retired bodybuilder
0: yeah for now no, <laughs> no, no maybe we'll no. get her on a bikini we'll get you in a bikini
1: Everyone you could do naughty so cool. fed in seven yeah. years go on then yes. so when you're getting back on stage I might like, never they're like yeah you are well, okay. Yeah. okay okay
0: well. <laughs> we'll see we'll see yeah, you never, um,
1: know. You never, say
0: never yeah sure I will link all of you know the CBG stuff down below as well guess, obviously
1: yeah you have the I'll membership site them. so yeah consults business consults anyone yep. who wants a business consult want to yep. pit my brain for an hour about business please do yeah um, i've been in this game for over half a decade now so you would hope right. that's something about it so if anyone wants to inquire about that feel free
0: yeah.
1: um yeah exciting things coming in a few months we won't talk about it quite mm-hmm. yet it will just be, be like the, the
0: the year-long launch for the membership
1: site. yeah it's gonna, basically the membership site let's just say on steroids right it's that's coming right.
0: Exciting! Exciting. Well, stay tuned for that one. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, of course, be sure to share it on your stories and tag Georgie and I so that we can see that you've been listening. And if you want,
1: hole is There a black hole
0: emoji? Oh my god! Oh, there's there's definitely like a soon or a tornado emoji, which is kind of the same. Tornado so, emoji. Yeah. Uh, so post this. Post...
1: Stories, people. I want to see yeah,
0: it. Yeah. Post this. Tag us tornado emoji. And also don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, love the podcast, all that sort of stuff. And I will catch you next week. Bye.